0: Welcome back to a bitter installment of the Entertainment Beyond podcast. As always, I am your one and only host with the motherfucking most, Jensen the beautiful and majestic Dean Jackson. And I should, this should let you know, How this episode is going to go. I was supposed to do a double feature day today since I'm Regal Unlimited and I can see as many films as I want to in the span of a day or a week or a month. I was supposed to see the film I'm going to talk to you about and Matthew Vaughn's new fun-looking spy thriller, Argyle. But after the first opening minutes of this film, I was turned off at the idea of spending any more time at the cinema complex for today. And that film, of course, having the distinct honor, before I let you know what topic of film, or what film we're discussing, I have to tell you about the unofficial sponsor of the podcast. And you're like, holy shit, this bald bitch ain't done an unofficial sponsor and like, It's been a minute. We didn't think he was doing these anymore. We thought maybe he got, like, a letter of intent to sue if he didn't stop his foolery. That's not true. I just kind of switched it up a little bit. Um, But the unofficial sponsor is back, and it couldn't come at a more appropriate time because I need myself a drink, and that's right, lovers and friends. My unofficial sponsor... For the podcast, is Corona Extra. Cerveza Modelo, Mexico. Oh, 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 I don't know. Latino people don't. Oh, oh, oh. That's French. I don't know why I added that at the end. But, you know, you got to get that iconic, that Icona pop. Ooh, sounds crispy. Not wispy. And of course, you know, you know me, baby. You know me, baby boo. I got to go in for a sip or two. (sighs) Personally, excuse me, Personally, I prefer Corona in a bottle, not a can, because it just tastes better. Something weird about it being in a can that kind <clears> of <throat> has it lacking. But the film that I'm talking about today is a little film by a small, small, real independent studio. Not really doing a lot of films. A uh, small studio by the name of Sony Pictures, I think, or something like that. Sony. And, uh... This this tiny, teeny, tiny little film is called Madam Web. And, uh, yeah, no, if you've seen any reviews on this film, like Harrison Ford's character Han Solo said in The Force Awakens, it's true. All of it. Like I had stated just a couple minutes ago, I knew that I was going to leave the cinema complex... As soon as possible. After watching a CGI spider tree dude. Run with a pregnant shot woman. From branch to branch. I uh. I've never. (laughs) Especially given the fact that I don't have any hair on top of my head. I've never had a film. Have me. Making the motions. If I had hair I would have pulled out quite a few strands. At this film. It's. It's ridiculous. First of all, it's ridiculous that Sony has, for lack of a better term, there is a better term. I'm just going to be mean about this. They have hoard out Spider-Man to Marvel so that you know a little a little synergy to make some money. But you know the truth is they fucked up when they made Amazing Spider-Man Two and they tanked and then they got scared and they pivoted and so they gave hoard pimped uh, Spider-Man out to. Disney and the MCU and their plan, you know, they were going to make Sinister Six film after Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think, or some shit like that. But then uh they're like, well, we're just going to do Sinister films without Spidey. Cassandra Webb or Madam Webb, as I know her from the 90s Spider-Man Saturday morning cartoon is not someone that I need an origin story for. Uh, Everything that I know about her, I know from the Saturday morning cartoon and subsequent comics here and there. She's not, she's, I wouldn't say so much a prevalent force in Peter Parker's life, uh fuck man, Daredevil's more of a prevalent force in Peter Parker's life than Madam Webb. She just comes about at times of great fucking kafat- catastrophe. And uh Yeah, I I I did I felt this was unnecessary. I, I and, and the only reason if people were like, well, if you hate these Sony Spider-Man spin-off films so much, why are you watching them? Because I have to support their idiocy, their pursuit of foolishness, I'm hoping that they keep up with this bad track record of spider adjacent films, and they just tank so hard that either they lose the rights or um they give the rights up because they fucked up so bad like it just I don't understand their train of thought and where they think that these characters like thank goodness i mean i love bad bunny he's mr worldwide uh very popular avid wrestling fan he was gonna get his own spin-off film el Morete. El, el murete i don't know how to pronounce it a mexican wrestler who literally ran afoul of spider-man like two times and they were gonna make a whole fucking film about that motherfucker and it's just like, I don't understand. Like, I'm going to keep coming because I love to see motherfuckers like Sony fail. You don't get it. They never understood the Spider Man mythos to begin with. And I'm sorry to sound like such an angry little nerd tip tapping away on his grandma's computer in her basement. I'm not. I, I, I rent my own room. I am. I'm just frustrated. <laughs> this was a frustrating film. And this film is. One of these shorter films, and I don't know if it was a fucking medicated gummy in the weed pen that I was hitting, or if it just, the film seemed to go on longer than an hour and 40 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes. Like, it's, it seemed to stretch on. Like, thank God, like, I, I've been reviewing films, I've been watching film my, almost my entire life. So I know the beats of the first act, second act, third act, so I was able to recognize the third act and be like, thank God, this is the fucking end. They're going to beat this fucking dickhead guy who's not Spider Man. But, like, you could tell so fucking badly that they wanted to have Spider Man be in this film. But for some weird fucking reason, every single Spider spin off film has. The giant gaping hole, the thing that connects them, the thing that binds them, the thing that drives them. Spider-Man, motherfucker. You're missing the goddamned web crawler. But you've got Ezekiel Sims, who is also a minor character. Like minor, but not minor, minor, but like minor. You've got Zeke Sims and it just uh oh, oh. this film frustrates me so so fucking much chief among my frustrations with this film the most laughable fucking dialogue in a long long time and you're talking about someone who enjoys pro wrestling watches himself some aew some wwe some fucking tna wrestling some new japan pro wrestling some all japan pro wrestling some stardom yeah i think i've listed enough of my fucking credentials if you understand what i'm talking about if you've ever watched wrestling the shit can get pretty ham-fisted and corny uh the only thing i can say like good for them in restraint is that they didn't make a bunch of web puns or fucking fate puns or spider puns like but then they they'd say stupid shit like to describe the villain of the film they call him Ceiling Guy at one point, Ceiling Guy. What are we gonna do? I don't know, but I've got to I've got to figure out a strategy for Ceiling Guy. I, ay, yeah, yeah, caramba, man! <laughs> what in the fuck? Uh, one one cool thing though was them showing her powers and it's very confusing how precognition turns into you can be in multiple places at once but that happens and it just amongst other complaints all these actors the main four characters of the cast very you can tell, even with the bad writing, you can tell. Bless their fucking hearts, they're doing the best they can. But there's there's something to be said about, like, how do you fucking... Like, okay, I, I could understand. They probably thought, you know, this is a chance. Kind of a lady save, I guess, New York... Even though that's like the least New York-y looking New York I've ever seen on film. I guess the ladies saved New York or whatever the fuck. But all talented actors stuck with ham-fisted bullshit dialogue. Uh, You know, the luckiest actor in this film was the one who made it out. You know, somehow they still managed to kill a black person first in 2024. I'm talking about Mike Epps' character, but he survived this fucking travesty of a film i wouldn't be surprised if you read the script was like yo just kill me make me part of like integral to her discovering her fucking fucking precognition abilities oh my gosh i just i thought that i was frustrated when i watched venom even more frustrated when I watched Venom 2. Let there be a tad bit of carnage. More like let there be a tiny bit of a skirmish and a side dash of some mayhem. But, and I skipped Morbius. So I have no thoughts on that. I, I don't really, you know, whatever. Don't give a shit. This one, and we still got Craven coming out this year, I think which is probably just going to frustrate me even more, but I'll go to support it because I want to see Sony fail. This this idea, somehow I feel like even with Spider-Man in it, it would still fucking suck the balls off of a boar. Like, it just... (laughs) Sorry, I had to scream into my pillow because... What the motherfuck? You know? Oh, yeah, what I was gonna say. My biggest like this this character, God bless Daisy um Johnson's heart. God bless her, man. Lovely young lady, talented, all the all four of the main women actors in this film, lovely talented actors. You can tell. Like I said, you can tell. Cause there some points it'll be like, okay, I'm believing you. As this character and other points, just like this writing is fucking atrocious. But they have written this character to be such just kind of a crumb bum scummy piece of shit, human being who like if you don't want to uh, cohabitate with people and shit, don't pick a job where you're saving people's lives, bitch. Maybe. If you're fucking antisocial and the thought of a of a of a child giving you a drawing To thank you for saving his mommy makes you recoil in disgust. Don't be a fucking EMT, lady. Like, I don't know, fucking be a person who fires people, travels around the world and fucking fires people or some shit. Like, you're in the wrong profession for such a uh, humdrum-type attitude. And that attitude extends, like, to... So... You know if, if if me personally, if I knew that I could kind of manipulate the fate of three young strangers and there was a superpowered individual enhanced for lack of a better term individual um stalking them, I don't think she on three separate fucking occasions Cassie Webb, soon to be Madam Webb. Leaves these three girls the first time she ditches them in the fucking woods to go to sneak back into her apartment, get some some exposition dump, you know, go combing through her mom's journals and be like, oh, my God, that's the guy that was with my mom that one time in the Amazon looking for spiders or whatever she said in the fucking film trailer that was so laughable that they cut it out of the actual film. <clears throat> and then when she comes back to find them in the woods, they, they went to this diner that just happened to be like a mile up the road bizarre, and uh, she saves them from getting fucking ghosted by Zeke Sims, let's call him Dickhead Spider-Man, and then she proceeds to scold them, you guys are so, I can't even remember what the fuck, the bad lines she said, but you know, basically, impetulant, unappreciative, she scolded them for being teenagers, Teenage. that's what... <clears throat> being a teenager is all about being fucking impatient, not listening to adults, doing what you want to do. It's we all did that, bitch. Like, did you have such a cold, hard life growing up that you forgot? Fuck. Just just weird writing all the way around. One of the worst lines in the film was, you know, cause the whole time in this film, I guess this character of Ezekiel Sims has been cursed by these tree spider people. So he's been having the same dream about three future spider women coming to kill him. And, uh... At the end of the film, when Madame Web, who wasn't even this guy's lexicon of lovable murder, <clears throat> tells him, the girls weren't your future. I was. And... Uh, it's, it's a bad line. Bad lines for multi, a multitude of reasons. And I just... I laughed. I wasn't laughing because it was funny. I was laughing out of frustration because the film had driven me... I wouldn't say to my breaking point, but it, driv- it, it, it it drove me away from the cinema complex. And I love watching films. I love that I'm Regal Unlimited. I love living the Regal Unlimited life. But this film made me... It made me so fucking irritated. I didn't even give a shit if there was a fucking after credit scene. I'm pretty sure there isn't. The the couple other people in the film in the cinema stuck around, but I just had to get the fuck away from that cinema complex for that day. It put a such a bad taste in my mouth in the opening minutes of the film that I fucking. It was like I bailed on Argyle, which is cool that I can do that because I pay 21 99 a month. So I only paid a 50-cent fee to book the ticket. I'm not really tripping on 50 cents. It's just sad because that looked like it was a fun film. And when I was going to the cinema complex today, when I booked them last night, I thought that I had booked the fun film first, which would have been Argyle, and then end on a humdrum note, which would have been Madame Web. And I, (laughs) right before I walk into the Cinema Complex, I look at my app and I'm like, fuck, I thought I booked the fun one first. Like, well, I guess I'm going to just have to eat my fucking beets and liver before I can have my piece of cake. And, uh, yeah, no, I fucked up. Fucked up real bad. Fucked up real sad. God damn, I fucking hate this movie. Worst film of 2024. That's what I thought to myself, walking down the steps of the complex and leaving. I just watched the worst film of 2024. And, you know, the funny thing is, I walked into the cinema, I'd heard, I uh, you know, you, you can't escape shit now. You know, you go on fucking some random website, and it's got, like, some clickbait shit about how Madam Webb is a piece of shit film. You know, so I had been inundated with with cursed knowledge that this film was no good. So I'm just like, I, based off the trailer and the fact that uh, this character doesn't need their own solo spinoff film, I was prepared to have a bad, fun time. Or a fun, bad time. Not a horrible, bad time. I was looking to have some fun in there. There's, you know, there was one bit in the film that I personally feel like they... It was supposed to be comedy, but no one in the theater fucking laughed. And it's where she's reading up on spiders and these ancient spider people and what the fuck not. And she's like, oh, some of them have the ability to stick to walls. So, of course, she tries, you know, to do the Spider-Man. And she jumps and tries to cling to the wall and just slides down pathetically. And I'm just like, that wasn't funny. That felt very forced. Like, there's nothing you can do to save this film. You you go go Pokemon... You know why don't you Pokemon go fuck yourself D- just just such a fucking bad film, man just just fucking bad, horrible, oh yeah, I'd mentioned that she left these bitches like three different times or maybe two different times, but at one point in the film, she goes to fucking Peru, the same jungle where her mother died hunting these <coughs> mythical fucking spiders so she can get a, a, a fucking exposition dump from the dude that delivered her in childbirth and helped her mother pass on peacefully. And it just... <laughs> oh, man. It just... It just... The only thing that I like about this film is that it's set in 2003. 2003. I'm a child of the 90s. 2003, the, the 2000s, There's some good years, man. Those are some fun years. So, of course, I'm going to love something that throws me back to an era of, you know, songs that were popular, like Toxic from Britney Spears. There's a lot of songs that I didn't realize came out around that time and just like, oh, shit. You know, like in the song, And I Say, Hey, yay, yeah, yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. Hey, yay. Hey, yay. Hey. I said, hey, what's going on? That one. There's a bunch of them that I heard. You know, I'll cut to the fucking chase with you. I won't bullshit you. This film is only getting half a star or not half a star on a scale of one to four thumbs up. This film is only getting half a thumbs up. And the only fucking reason it's getting half a thumbs up is because of the soundtrack. The tracks of music that they chose to represent the era that this film allegedly took place in. If it wasn't for that, if they were just playing like some random domain music, fuck this shit. It wouldn't even get a quarter of a thumb up. It would get a thumb up its own fucking ass maybe. But it wouldn't get any thumbs up from this bald bitch. I'm talking about me, the beautiful and majestic. But this film made me feel ugly and undesirable. Oh, my God. I'm just so, so inconvenient. (laughs) So inconvenienced by this film. What were they thinking? What were they fucking thinking writing this? Did the writers of this film... Fucking jot that bullshit down and be like, we fucking cracked it, baby. Spider-Man, Spider-Schman. We don't need no fucking nobody shooting webs. We got, we got Madam Web and three bitches who are supposed to be playing high schoolers. But come on, Sydney Sweeney, lamb chops, honey cakes, sugar, sugar plums, honey dip, shimmy, shimmy, Coca puff, shimmy, shimmy rock. You are, like, in your mid-twenties. And and besides the fact that only one of them actually looks like they're a fucking teenager, why the fuck is it every time we have a film where a girl is being depicted as a schoolgirl, is she wearing a white shirt with maybe some fucking plaid on, on the ends or whatnot? And a miniskirt. And in this case, Sydney is wearing the most micro skirt i've ever seen like some shit that like even even and you would not have seen nobody in in 2003 wearing no shit like that going to school i can guarantee you how do i know because i was in high school or i was in school high school no middle middle school 2003 yeah no i was in high school then um but no i can pretty much fucking guarantee you Beyond the shadows that cast doubt that girls weren't dressing like that. There's something weird and, you know, we all know Hollywood is dark and weird and perverted, but... Schoolgirl uniforms are just such an outdated stereotype. But what the fuck ever. Um, I hated this fucking film. I wish that I could dump LSD straight onto my brain to chemically lobotomize myself from ever having a fucking memory that I sat in this film. But you know what, baby, baby, you know what, baby? At the end of the day, here at Entertainment Beyond, sometimes I subject subject myself to horrors just to please you, baby boo. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to entertain you. That's all I want to do. I'm sorry if I yelled. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get so boisterous. This film just worked the fuck up out of me. One more casual sip from the unofficial sponsor before I sign off from this podcast. I don't know why I just called that a casual sip. I straight up just like drank half the can. But yeah, no. This uh, film, this film can suck a whale's dick. I did not enjoy what I willingly subjected myself to. I knew that it was going to be bad, but I was looking to have some fun, you know? Um, I was thinking like maybe this would be the this generation's Batman and Robin. Cause Batman and Robin is a horrible film. I didn't know it at the time. Excuse me, beard arm always makes me burpy. I didn't know it at the time that Batman and Robin was a horrible film. I love Batman, the character, and I was riding high. I was soaring on eagle's wings coming off of Val Kilmer's turn as Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman in Batman Forever. And so I was looking forward to it, and it sucked. But now, like, I would add it to my Jensen's selection, my my collection of Blu-rays and DVDs, because you can turn that fucking bitch into a drinking game, nigga. Like, you can, like, it's actually fun to watch because it's so fucking horrible. RIP to Joel Schumacher, the director of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, um... That brilliant gay bastard, fearlessly gay, I might add. Um, and it reflected in his two Batman films, more so Batman and Robin, but that's a, that's a tale for another tape. I was thinking to myself, like, this could be a new, like, guilty pleasure, like, so bad, it's good type of film, but it's so bad that they should have, like, it, it's so bad that if David Zasloff of fucking, um HBO discovery fame the guy who fucking just like shelves movies and cancels them and deletes them from history left and right if this were at his studio it's so bad that he would have fucking he would have fucking just he would have excommunicated that motherfucker to hell he would have hit him with the Zaslov. but I just I'm gonna put this podcast episode in the can shoot it out to the universe and then I'm never going to think about this film ever again. I I have to do an episode for TikTok but I might not do that. Oh, by the way, yes, I am on TikTok as well. If you guys are trying to see the show in video format as was promised, <clears throat> I think like two years ago, but it's been a slow dredge. Um, hold on a second. I'm trying to find my TikTok handle so I can quote it to you guys. It is at entertainment beyond show. So if you're on TikTok, you can find me at Entertainment Beyond Show. Uh like I said, I might not do a review cuz I'd like to just I'd really just like to get some some fucking dope ass fucking LSD in liquid form and just hope I just drill a little fucking hole through my head and just spurt some fucking LSD straight in my brain. Get a nice little liquid lobotomy going on cuz yeah, no. This film, fuck this film. Fuck it without lube. That's how I feel. Good night, lovers and friends. And thank you, as always, for being supporters of the show and listening. I appreciate and love each and every one of you, even if we never met. Just the fact that you take time out of your very busy and precious life to listen to this bitter, bald fuck discuss films and television and books and anything that might entertain you, anything except for politics and religions. Religions. Yeah, I guess that works out. Politics and religions. Uh, I appreciate you for inviting me into your home, to your office, the car. I hope you're not listening to me in the office because I just swear like so fucking much and I just did it again. Um, if you invite me into your workout life when you're at the gym, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I appreciate you and... What you do for me. It means a lot. I'm not doing this for fame or nothing. I just... Like I said almost six years ago on the very first episode on a hot day in July in my one-bedroom apartment, my origin story, I started this podcast because I was left high and dry by another podcast. And so I'm just filling a void that was left inside my soul by some other motherfuckers who pulled that I'm going out for a pack of cigarettes move and never came back. (laughs) But anyways... I love you guys, and with that, I say mwah and good night.